Hello, thank you for joining us. This is What Counts by Trailblazer Consulting. In this podcast, we highlight proven solutions that we have developed through our experience working with companies across various industries, and we talk about how you can apply them to your company. We're here to share our experience solving information management challenges like creating and implementing a records retention schedule, creating an asset data hierarchy, or helping with email management. This is Lee, and in this episode, Moore and I will talk about initiatives that may carry over into multiple years by breaking them down into phases. Maura, take us away. Thanks, Lee. So a phased approach. This is something that you often hear a client ask for. At least we often hear a client ask for. We want a phased approach. We don't want to spend all the money right away. We have other things going on. We can't focus all of our attention on information governance, information and records management right now. So what are we going to do? How can we break this up? And not just stretch it out because some of the initiatives, as as you said, Lee, take several years to really complete. We don't want to just stretch things out, but we want to be able to show progress along the way. Each phase has to stand alone and yet lead into the next phase of implementation. So there's a lot of thought that goes into this. So just as a kind of refresher, we talked about initiatives and how we identify initiatives from the visioning session, from the findings of our assessment, looking at where your big risks are, where big opportunities are, where you might get the most value out of better, um, out of improving your information management. So coming out of those activities, you may have identified five or six initiatives, and it could look something like we have an email problem, we have a whole email initiative. That email initiative actually could be part of a bigger process improvement or process re-engineering initiative where you really start looking at why are so many of our business processes dependent on email? And that could lead you to a couple of different things. You might have a big initiative around managing asset data. So if you're in an infrastructure industry, so transportation or energy or something that's really got a lot of information related to physical assets and the, the movement, the maintenance, the building of these physical assets, those carry special, different and longer term information management challenges. So that could be a big initiative. Or you could have an initiative based on cleanup, looking at, oh my gosh, we've got all of this old data out here in paper spread across the company, in electronic forms spread across servers and in the cloud. How are we going to get this organized? So you take any one of those initiatives and you start to think about, okay, what would it really take for us to tackle this? And when you go go into a little bit of project planning there, a little bit of scope, activity. And you're going to say, okay, you know what, this is like a three-year plan. We can't get this done this year. So do we just set it out to say, all right, it's going to be three years. We're going to work towards the end state of Nirvana in managing unstructured content, managing our documents. It's going to be hard to sell that. And we've talked a little, we've mentioned the idea of business case a couple of times, and we're going to spend more time on that in a later episode. But Just kind of think about it. Your budgeting cycle is typically one year. Your CapEx budgeting cycle might be two to three years or five years. You're going to have to show some progress if you want to work on one of these information management initiatives that's going to take three years to get to the end. So you want to think about those phases. 
what can we do in the first year that's a reasonable amount of money that's going to get your um, low-hanging fruit out of the way and so that people are going to see some visible progress. So let's take that email initiative and scoped up to the business process initiative. Let's take that as an example. Business process, re-engineering business process improvement across your whole company, that is an ongoing activity. You're not going to get that done in one year. Um, I don't even know what that would look like. So what's a, what's a good starting point? So let's say you're an organization that has let people keep all their email and people are using email to look for information to support a business process, but also to prove that a business process has taken place. That means when you have to go back and find something as an organization, you're responding to an audit, a person has to go search their email and find that thing. Find the email that said, here's the authorization to take whatever action and prove that it happened. That's expensive. That's hard. And if somebody leaves, you don't have ready access to that information anymore. Ultimately, what you want is for that business process to be captured in a system. You want it to be captured in a place that the company has access to it, not just the person who sent an email. But you're not going to get there in year one. So the first year, let's talk about what we can do with email as a step along the way. And you scope that out. And that's clear progress. You can create an email. Um, you can implement an email management tool where you can manage emails by record category, hold them through their retention periods, not have them tied to an individual person. That's a big step forward. That's big progress. And at the same time, you can start rolling off all the emails in everybody's inbox so that they aren't hanging out there, aren't causing you problems anymore, either legally from a, having to go search them for rediscovery or performance-wise, just having a lot of old email sitting in your system. So that's visible progress. And it started you along the way toward better process improvement. Because as people are thinking about how do we move out of email, they're going to start looking at your system to make it better. So you could put in place your phase approach for this process improvement piece. Phase one is pick the high priority processes, the ones that are frequently audited, the ones that you have to go back and look for um, evidence in email. Identify an email management tool, could be phase two, and start putting that in place, putting that into practice, and along with it, do an email roll-off. And then the second or third year, you could look at how can we improve the main system that supports this business process? Do we need to introduce a new system? Say this is a, an environmental and safety issue where you're trying to capture the emissions that you have to report on as part of a permit for a plant that you're running. How are you capturing those emissions? Are they being captured by plant? Are they being captured at the right level of granularity? Are they being kept in spreadsheets? Or are they being kept in a system that you can analyze? So that could be your phase three. So you see how each piece builds on it. You can do the same thing with any other initiative. Break it down into reasonable chunks where you show progress, where you're able to measure success, and where you're working your way toward your end goal. I like that example a lot, Maura. 
When you started talking, I was trying to figure out how you're going to break down into phases and different years and so forth, but you spelled it out there with you could tack your process improvement, tackle email first. Second year, you can ID an email to a system or tool to help you. And then the third year, you can look at making improvements to the main system and so forth. I was actually thinking that some companies, when it comes to purchasing a tool, purchasing a different system, you know, maybe it's a contract management system or something like that. Phase one, year one is collecting the requirements, sourcing and purchasing that particular system. It could take that long from the from a budgeting perspective or even just a collecting requirements perspective for that matter. And then year two, you're starting implementation and easing into year three, you may be doing training and actually using that system. I mean, it could be as complex as that when it comes to certain certain software applications. I, you're right. And I think that the contract management solution is actually a good example, another good example of breaking this down in phases. Because what we've seen a lot with contract management solutions is people try and only manage the contracts as documents. And so they end up in the mix with all your other unstructured content. And yet there is structure to a contract and there is data that you want to look at across contracts. You want to know what are your insurance requirements across a set of contracts? What kind of liability do you have across a set of contracts? What sort of notification and obligations, other obligations, do you have to your counterparties across these contracts? And what's your exposure if you have counterparties who are merging or going bankrupt or going public or having other some other major change? You want to be able to look at that across contracts. And that is hard to do when you think of contracts as documents. So that um, You just built out my requirements gathering session to be multiple years. <laughs> Exactly. It is a long, it is a big project to get the, um, that all of those detailed requirements out and also to get people to agree on them because everyone sees their own little piece of it. You might have the commercial team who's focused on only their contracts for moving goods and services back and forth. You might have a land management team that has a huge body of contracts that are related to leases and, and right-of-way and access information, which has different requirements you know, with the connection to land from other contracts. And being able to balance that takes time. <laughs> so what we have found is phasing out these big projects helps keep your stakeholders engaged. It gets people to agree on not just the big end goal, because it's easy to say, oh yeah, like you keep saying in other episodes, Lee, you've said, oh yeah, paperless, that sounds great. We're all on board with paperless, but nobody knows what that means. <laughs> and so you really have to break it down and get people to agree on concrete goals for each phase. And that improves your success likelihood that you're gonna actually accomplish something. And then at the end of each phase, you say, all right, do we have enough or do we need to, do we want to keep going to our next phase to keep us moving forward? And so the phased approach doesn't just give you the ability to spread cost out. It also addresses that change fatigue problem, which is real. And it gives you a much more solid basis on 
seeing improvement. We're going to make these improvements incrementally and we're going to see the result. And that result is going to inform the next phase and maybe make a change because we learned something new. So uh, we have found that this is a really, really useful tool in how we scope out with our clients how to start implementing these changes. Because if you just start thinking about all the things you could do to make information management better, you're going to be paralyzed by this is overwhelming. And this phasing in really helps take control of it. Yeah, I totally agree with absolutely everything you said. I'm sitting here shaking my head. Yes, 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 because I agree so much. One of the key things that you said twice, I believe, and I just want to hit it home, is in phasing it, phasing a project out, you can come up with the milestones, you can come up with the the achievements, the low-hanging fruit that you can accomplish quickly so that people can see, I invested this much time and money, and I got at least something out of it right up front, right? So thinking about it that way and giving those things to your stakeholders is going to be a key component. Yep. I, totally. And when people start seeing it beyond just you and your key stakeholders that you've got working with you from the start of this whole thing, but you start to get more people who are seeing some value, then it becomes, it's an easier lift for you. You're not trying to convince everybody it's a good idea. And the project picks up steam um, over time. So I think that's enough about phases. I do just want to say that in each phase, you're probably going to have multiple projects. And so we're going to talk about projects over a few a few different episodes. I think we'll talk about projects, how to break them down, planning, scope, all those good project management things, and also specific projects that we've seen in our implementation planning. That's excellent, Maura. As always, if you have any questions, please send us an email at info at trailblazer.us.com. That's info at trailblazer.us.com or look us up on the web at www.trailblazer.us.com. Thank you for listening and please tune in to our next episode. Thanks, Lee, and thanks everyone for joining.